Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-hosts, Chris Prunty and Daniel Quinn. Gentlemen, always good to have you on. On today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different this time. This is actually our first episode of what we're calling Monster Makeover. And for our inaugural episode of Monster Makeover, we're going to be choosing the classic, one of my favorite monsters of all time, the werewolf. Are we allowed to do that? Are we can to- is it? It's if it's as um, long as it's domain? less than eight seconds long. Yeah. Yes, it's fair, fair used. Yeah. Oh, yep. Neat. So on Monster Makeover, our goal is to take what you know of the monster, which in this case is the werewolf, and we're going to add our own spin on it. We might be physically changing what the monster looks like or does, or we might be playing around with the theme of the monster and altering it and kind of putting a new fresh spin on whatever monster we're focusing on. And at the end, we're all going to create a new monster on the fly as we go. Man, that part's going to be a shit show, but that's okay. (laughs) So before we get into our own unique spin on the werewolf, let's talk about werewolves a little bit because man... They're really cool, and I love them. And also, why are they so cool? Also, I, I just realized that we should probably explain what a werewolf is for those yes. who don't know. Yeah, <laughs> jump cut. So, that a werewolf one. is a folkloric monster. And if you don't know what a werewolf is, like what, where, what are you doing? Listen to this podcast. I feel like you've like stumbled into a hole if this is your first. <laughs> anyway, a werewolf, also known as scientifically known as a lycanthrope, are Creatures that can shapeshift between the form of a human and a wolf, and oftentimes in between some kind of mixture of the two. One that is essentially an anthropomorphized wolf. Now, they uh, bite their victims, and those who survive become werewolves themselves. The werewolf myth originated in all the way back in like ancient Greece and ancient Rome, where you know you they saw werewolves more as a loss of humanity and kind of uh, a loss to the warlike side of humans. So it's not like you were becoming a wolf literally. It was more like you were becoming an animal and giving in to the primal bloodlust within humanity's you know kind of nat- natural self. Uh, so so that's kind of like the real basic overview of what werewolves are. Gentlemen, let's talk a little bit what you like about werewolves. Daniel, go ahead. Well, because one, I love dogs, and they're basically scary dogs. But really, <laughs> I think uh, some some of the some of the qualities you have of a werewolf. Um, probably the the biggest one thematically for me is that they are connected in a, in a way to like the history of witch hunting. Um, you know, fear of having something inside of you that the community is just reviles or is opposed to. And um, you having to hide that or being outcast from society because of it. Um, so I think historically they kind of derive from that in terms of the fear. Be, having some ugliness inside of you that is not appreciated by the by, and being othered. Absolutely. Um, so, Chris, I assume that your love of werewolves is strictly aesthetic and mostly because is, is the wolf oh, this will be good. your persona? <sighs> I'm not going to comment on that. I'm just going to plow right through it. Um, one of the That's things that yes. I... Yeah, fuck off. The, one of the things that I like about uh, werewolves is I do like the aspect that they are affected by the moon. I don't really know where that comes from. Like, why... I like the fact that they are affected by the moon. I like... The fact that you can take a celestial body into it and have this kind of a cult, they are transformed by the moon. And I also like the fact that oftentimes uh, werewolves are ignorant of the fact that they are a werewolf. Yeah, I think one of the great classic examples of that is something like an American werewolf in London, where you kind of have an idea of what's happening, but the protagonist just ends up naked in a zoo a lot of the time. 
and he has no idea what's going on and is thoroughly confused. Then it's I think that points back to like the fear of losing control too, to like an instinct. Um, so like metaphorically speaking, like you wake up and you don't really know what you've done and and you know you've been taken over by this other part of you that you're unaware of. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes along with uh, the othering that you were talking about, where you you feel such a strong compulsion to be who you are that you might not be able to quite understand it. And in that way, like that can be kind of reductively portrayed as, you know, like, oh, that's you adhering to your less civilized self, even though that's not necessarily true. There is that kind of sense to it, or there's that kind of social stigma attached to it as well. Exactly. Yeah. One thing that I do want to point out is, as, as Daniel was saying earlier, there was, uh, you know, during the witch hunts and everything like that, there were, there were also, b- besides witches, there were also a lot of werewolf hunting going around. And the there's um, uh, several authors who have wrote about the idea that, you know, witches and werewolves being on the lunar cycle, whether it be through menstruation or whether it be through just, you know, the, the lunar cycle for wolves and whatnot. I, I think that the unique connection there is, is fascinating. I, there's something about that to me that like, as Chris was saying, there is real power in lunar cycles. And I think that there is some kind of connection there between the two. So with that preamble out of the way, let's get into our own unique werewolf variations. Daniel, start us off. All right. The concept I have is really weird, so I and I'm not exactly sure how I want to rejigger kind of the manifestation of the wolf. So maybe you can help me with that part. Um, so setting wise, I'm thinking of a near future society. So not like a sci, not totally sci-fi, but a little bit further in the future than where we are, um, where perhaps we have like a social currency going on, um, similar to like what China is flirting with. Um, and in, in this society, um, people are, are being ex- so people have a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, online time more so than us. And there, if, if we have a parallel for like Twitter, there's a lot of communication maybe that happens um, online, and that's like where people's public lives really carry out. And so I'm imagining this the the werewolf or lycanthropic kind of virus is actually a meme or mimetic in some way, and it's transmitted. Um, uh, through a bite, uh, an, an online bite. And by that, I mean, like, suppose, you know, you have a bunch of people who um, are kind of this anonymous herd online and they are, they're triggered by this, this mimetic thing, this, this, whether it's an image or a message online and they go after someone. So let's say, um, you know, kind of like if you're thinking of things like cancel culture, or if you're thinking of like, um, you know, like having a, a big online reaction to someone, so the, the anonymous crowd kind of like attacks this person um, and, and it's deranged and vicious. And now they um, also are infected by this virus. Um, and so maybe this starts out as kind of like a psyop of some kind. Like maybe there's a government agency or there's a hacker who's conscripted to like put together this virus to fiddle with like political speech or speech they're not into. And so they're kind of like subconsciously organizing the horde online to squelch that speech with their message but where i think the twist would be and where the werewolf would arise is that this virus suddenly takes on um, a life of its own offline so that people start to have um, this vicious or deranged reaction when they're triggered by um, mutations of that message in the real world and so then they enter kind of a bestial rage like like the wolf itself whenever they're triggered like this. And then, you know, you can spread the virus physically too. So I'm thinking of a kind of a lycanthropy that starts off digital, becomes physical, and then gets out of control in a way that its creators weren't intending. Um, And then that trigger could change. Like maybe it was a message online, um, but, you know, once it translates into the physical world, the trigger, which would be like the moon, is a different thing in the physical world. Mm. So I... I I love the idea. I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many Me questions. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Good. Disturbed, that's... but interested. <laughs> yes. Disturbed, but intrigued. Yeah. yeah I love the that... thing because I need help in fleshing some of this out. Okay. So 
future so futuristic setting vaguely mm-hmm. futuristic setting um how is it physically transferred to the host sure so i'm thinking in the beginning let's say you have like a target so let's say someone's saying something that the hidden person who's designed this virus um uh doesn't want them to say so the message might have been originally transmitted by maybe it's an ad they see or maybe it's like a meme they see and the and the people who see it are now infected right but they don't know that they're infected they're now werewolves and when another message is sent to trigger them so like that's the stand in for the moon they suddenly become vicious maniacs online and attack the target right who then gets infected but the twist is that once it translates into the physical world and i don't know what causes that now it happens like physically so like when they're when they're triggered they suddenly become like violent and actually attack people and then by bite it gets transmitted or by whatever physical means okay so there has to be i'm imagining there has to be some kind of cybernetic implant type deal or or some kind of like physical jacking into a technological system right like oh there has to I'm, be I, if like you're that. asking on digitally i mean like like a literal psyop like it's brainwashing in some way yeah not to take away the occult nature of the werewolf you could still have it be uh, a message that is being encrypted and showing some sort of either uh runes or uh in something that is traversing the mundane and kind of forcing this uh change into a werewolf yeah see my my original idea was this is actually just an ad campaign gone horribly wrong yes that's what i was thinking exactly yeah b stars season five (laughs) actually (laughs) actually what what i'm kind of thinking is let's let's have it start with like let's keep the trigger point some kind of an advertising yeah thing right but then let's corrupt that. Let's say mm-hmm. that there's some kind of like, I, I like, I love the idea of like targeting some kind of cancel culture type thing. Mm-hmm. So let's say that this group of people in an attempt to cancel someone corrupts the, the advertisement in some way. And that's how the infection starts, right? Like it's a hacktivist group. They, mm-hmm fuck with the advertisement so it triggers something in people who have already been preconditioned yes that's what i had in mind yeah like some kind of corruption of the original intent yeah yeah right 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 so let's 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 stick with that and what can we do like because i'm not seeing a physical transformation with this necessarily Mm -hmm. this is more like a berserker rage type thing yeah yeah and it's and it's matter like i'm thinking of like a, a literal computer virus that's akin to like, they call it big bad wolf or something like that. Mm. And this is the result. So you're looking for what's the physical transformation once it gets to the real world. Not, not even necessarily because I'm trying to stick with, because I see this more of a, as a thematic change, a thematic mm. werewolfism, as opposed to something that is, you know, like you're, you're not getting bit or, or are they, get, is that actually how it's done where they're physically bitten in the real world? And that is how it transfers from one to the other. It could go either way. So like originally I thought the original transmission of the disease was the digital attack. So when, when the group goes after that person and quote unquote bites them, they transmit the message. And so that person gets infected, but then, you know, when it translates to the real world, then it's actually physical biting and attacking like mobs or something. But if you want to keep it in the digital space, it could just be like a, a digital transmission too. Well, I'm I'm trying to marry the idea. I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out the physical manifestation of this werewolfism in the yeah. real world, right? Because in d- digitally, we can do whatever the fuck we want, but right. if we're doing this in the real world, how does it manifest? You know, how does a digital bite translate to a physical bite in the real mm-hmm. world? And is it a cop out to just do nano machines or something? Because it's it feels like a cop out. I guess the question would be how were they put like the nanomachines put in originally or like why like how do they how do they come into play but it's doable there's all the medical reasons that someone might need that or new medications that people might develop in the near future maybe it's the it has to do with the interface to the way that they like engage with the social media like construct like the physical interface yeah, I, I'm thinking like almost along the times of like an integrated Google Glass or something like that. Yeah. Or Nano Machines is basically a wizard did it, but for sci-fi. Yes. But that might not be a bad thing here. You know, like 
and it doesn't even necessarily have to be like a full integration of nanomachines, but ma- no. like imagine something akin to a pacemaker. Or yeah, like a like cyber that. brain or something. Like you need the right. device to interface, and mm-hmm. that's what gets corrupted by the message. Right, and and all it needs is like you don't have to corrupt the entire physical body because mm-hmm. once that part gets you know, kicked on or whatever, it's now corrupting you physically, like slowly over time. Oh, I've got and it. I think I've got it. Medication. Oh, oh, hold on. I, I have one point. Oh, sure. So, so what you could do is like, maybe it's, it's kind of like a buildup of chemicals or a buildup of something. And then that transformation is the release. And that's why it's on a lunar cycle is mm-hmm. that it takes time for these, like th- this machine to build up enough inside of you. And then eventually you just snap and you transform with air quotes. And then, you know, you're good for another lunar cycle because you've expended whatever that kind of, uh, enzyme inside of you has built up. You got the poison out. Yeah. It's, you've, it's endorphins is what you're saying. Like basically oh. maybe the device that's put in people like it's so that they can get endorphins for, in, for interacting with different social spaces. So like, you know, when you do the right things online, you get a little shot of endorphins or when you do the right ads on, if you in, engage with the right ads, it gives you a shot of endorphins. So people are addicted to it. And it's the corruption of that device that overloads your system and then like makes you into a monster. Uh not to bring something else into it, but say that the future of medicine, uh, of mood stabilizers, SSSRIs and everything, what if there was an implant where uh, it would synthesize that inside your body based on the prescription that your doctor would write you elsewhere? Oh, so like the inverse, yes. like people are overly medicated because of the web. Correct. Oh. And then from there, it corrupts you and it will, instead of giving the uh, medication for everything from the cold to uh, depression, it starts being like, what if we were to up your adrenaline levels mm-hmm. and your uh, testosterone and also just, you know, give you some of this and some of that. We only give you dopamine when you're causing someone pain. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like That's, when you're, when you're yeah. taking down the target. You yeah. Know? Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like there, there is like, it, it basically drives people into a blood frenzy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I love the idea of a target, like a target, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because now you can weaponize this thing, and you can turn people into werewolves, and cancel culture becomes fucking like a murder frenzy culture. Literally, yeah, yeah, literally, yes. Okay, that's fun. Mm. That's fucked up and fun. I like that. Okay. One other thing, uh, just to make the fact that it gets more widespread and everything, you could have it that the increased aggression and everything is not just to the target, but also people that either resemble subconsciously or consciously of the target. So if you see someone who kind of looks like the target or is spouting the same message, boom, it activates a little bit and you infect that person. It follows okay. the theme too. Yeah. Yes. I, I have, I have one other question. How is this not entirely widespread throughout the entire world? Like, obviously it has something to do with the implants and everything like that, but to maybe what not end? everyone's online. Right. But I mean, it's ubiquitous enough where this is not going to be like a werewolf and you know, he can kind of slink around and there's like five or 10 other werewolves in the world. Oh, it's a lot. This sounds more like it's the makings of a zombie plague rather than a werewolf. Yeah. So there's the question is like, how, how do people not get infected basically? Or how do they resist it? Not even that, but like what makes werewolves unique? What, what about them and their makeup is different or, or something like that? Like, like what's the trigger point as opposed to because because with werewolves right Mm -hmm. you get bitten by a werewolf and that's your transformation yeah digitally i imagine that transmission is much much faster so we have to kind of oh maybe i I like the idea that digitally it's it's transmitted very very easily and very fast Mm -hmm. but there's something physical that is different about you like that makes a werewolf this oh sorry i was just saying like maybe the 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 target doesn't get infected digitally, but if once it translates to the real world and like a mob attacks someone, that's when infection tr- transmits physically and you make werewolves that way. Uh, extrapolate on that. So like this was originally a weapon uh, to, to work against particular types of speech, right? Uh, digitally. 
And so taking out the target doesn't cause infection. It was just you're frenzying a bunch of people online to like squelch them, right? But when it translates into the physical world, when you're like taking over their adrenaline and they're becoming maniacs and they actually attack people, that's when it actually turns into infection. And then those people become followers again or werewolves. There's one important thing that uh, I think we can touch on, Rob. You were wondering how it wouldn't get super like zombie style plague infecting most of the world what is their silver bullet what prevents it and also oh. what can get rid of it that's a great point that's an yeah. excellent point and I, d I don't have an idea <laughs> <laughs> i'm i don't know maybe does it need to be a digital cell solution as well i don't know silver firewall well let's well let's talk about the thematics of the werewolf right like mm -hmm. werewolf you know, off, werewolfism often represents change and often represents, you know, a loss of humanity or a, you know, a recidivism of some kind in a lot of ways. Um, maybe in this case, that is the protection or maybe that is the kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping here because yeah. man, there, there's some cool ideas, but I'm just not sure where to go with it. So silver uh, depicts purity and okay. what, what would be purity on an online presence? Twitter. <laughs> well, maybe I'm sorry. Is, what? <laughs> well, Twitter seeking like pure a, filth, a, a false purity, right? right? Yeah. No, it's pure filth. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm. Okay. So, so yeah, I, I guess, Silver is is representative of purity, but we kind of understand in a modern sense that there's no such thing, mm -hmm. right? Like, the, so we we kind of understand that that is a false, as Daniel was talking about, a false purity. Damn it! No, no, no! It's it, I feel like we're on the cusp of something really cool. It's like right fucking there. I was thinking maybe uh, what can denote as purity and what causes a lot of people to go berserk nowadays is the amenity of the internet. Mm -hmm. If uh, the person is out there, is not private, if they actually have their real name and it's not a Win Coloss 20, uh, it makes them be pure in a sense because you're not hiding behind a mask. Oh, okay. Because some safety, yeah. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I, I, I think I have an idea that I like. Okay. Hear me out. Let's say that this is not an unintentional thing. Let's say that this is a governmental system of suppression of dissent, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if you, it, it can turn its people into werewolves because it is literally thought policing people. You want to talk about cancel culture. You get set upon by the werewolves, by your government, because you're, expressing dissident thought and mm -hmm. the only way to keep yourself pure is to keep yourself on the governmental message so let's say that you s spoke out against your leader well guess what you can now now you have the pheromones of prey and the werewolves kind of get up and they get activated right yeah the only way to turn that down it, like you were saying daniel is to have your social score get turned down so you're no longer dissident yeah. maybe that is you're you're literally weaponizing the populace and you always say take the take the metaphorical and turn it real this is the real you want to talk about oh man yeah i think that's, i think that's that, great yeah yeah that's what i want to do it's that's what i want to do with too it. right like now yeah. the the victims have to to walk the line by pretending that they're speaking the right speech to not trigger the the quote-unquote werewolf pheromone like the 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 one yes. to go after you but they're secretly against you know the the whole concept Yes, and, and it's and it's literally thought policing. It's making mm -hmm. sure that you're saying the right things. Yeah. Oh man. That's I mean, it. It, you want to talk about like there? You know, we're obviously big lefties on this show, mm -hmm. but you want to talk about like the SJW in the you know like the PC police. This is yes. literally That's, that. This is a that was kind of my of secret motivation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, <laughs> why, why? Why not? Yeah, I think that okay. works. And, yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I can totally see that. That's fun. All right. So now that we've kind of gotten that out of the way, um, I'm just going to be a big piece of shit and reveal <laughs> that I don't have any unifying idea for my werewolf. 
I just want to spout a bunch of cool werewolf ideas that I had. Uh, so, so yeah, my, my first one is I had this idea of an apostate werewolf where in my, in my, in one of my fantasy settings, the werewolves don't just kill you and you know, they don't just bite you and you become a werewolf when they kill you, you they devour your soul. Right. Hmm. And so the idea that I have here is these werewolves feed off of or or, or, oh man hold on there's so much i want to get into there's so much i want to get into and i'm just getting tongue-tied you know how i get i get so excited um okay so this idea that i had was the apostate werewolf where you know the idea of werewolfism is you are bitten and then you recede into a primal more violent version of humanity right and I had this idea that I really enjoyed that, okay, well, if let, let's consider what civilization, what humanity, what that looks like. And I thought to myself, well, you know, in a lot of cases, I, I am not a religious person, but I know many people who are, and I respect them all deeply. But I think that when you take a look at how we view religion, it is considered to be civilized. It is considered to be a, a spreader of good ideology. So in my mind, this werewolf eats faith and transforms you into a heretic. So it, it bites you, not even physically, perhaps. I, I'm not really quite sure about that part, but it basically turns you and you go from being an up. And this is a, in, in any setting, I imagine. You know, if in, in our own world, if this were like a Christian setting, imagine that it's a small town, you know, in, in the South, you get bitten by this mimetic werewolf, this, this apostate werewolf. And now all of a sudden you're an idolater. You are like just destroying the, the crucifixes of Christ. You are, be, you are sinning as much as possible. You're receding into a faithless heretic because that is the quote unquote, you know, like loss of humanity and savagery that's be that's manifesting. It's not a physical manifestation, but a spiritual one of spiritual decay and, you know, uh, heresy. Heresy. Do they become, um, is, is the loss of faith, um, mirrored to their, whatever faith they had. So for example, say I was like, um, my, my faith had to do with hedonism, right? It's, does it become the inverse or do I just kind of, kind of, um, descend into, uh, a total nihilism? Like what does it, does it take into account like your existing faith? My idea behind that is whatever you, so I can, and the thing is I can even say that you can maintain your existing faith. It just becomes a, this, cause that was one idea. This is the separate idea that I had, because again, this is like a big topic that I'm trying to grapple with. But what I was thinking is it could alternatively convert whatever your faith is to a more aggressive and violent version of it. Oh, so this okay. is how you can explain something like the crusades you know, there was a werewolf outbreak through Christianity and oh. it was a matter of we're more violent. And although what I'm afraid of now that I say that is that you're now excusing uh-huh. tremendous violence on something that's mystical. So I might, I, I, I would probably argue against something like that, but that's the idea is that whatever your faith is, it becomes a more violent version of it. It weaponizes I mean, faith, essentially. It's a way of exploring what the, the the edges of of your ideology is. So, like, whatever your ideology is, like, if taken to the extreme, is usually a bad thing. So, like, maybe this form of werewolf represents the the edge of your ideology and what happens when it gets manifested, mm-hmm. or your faith. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, like the edge of maybe like the Christian faith in in when you're talking about a crusade is manifested in like um, zealotry, right? So maybe like the edge of like um, some kind of uh, totally um, scientific scientism, uh, um, you know, the absence of, let's say, belief in the supernatural world becomes like genetic experiments on humans because you've lost all empathy. You know, that's the kind of manifestation it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, and this is this is what I love about werewolves is that they are generic enough. Where, not generic, but they are broad enough that you can really paint so many different interesting stories with them. 
Um, and the, the other thing, one of the other ideas that I kind of wanted to play with was why not make werewolves a kind of warrior cast, right? Like it's not necessarily, or, or it, it's something that you are essentially signed into or signed up for, or it's, it's part of your, your tribe, right? Where it's like, you take the role of the werewolf where you play the warrior. And it, it and again, it's, it could be a, it could be a metaphorical that turns into a physical transformation. You are choosing to become a werewolf or maybe you're not, maybe you are, you know, like bitten, you know, again, air quotes bitten by another member within the cast to become a werewolf. And so your, your choice to become a soldier is non-compulsory. It's your, you are forced to become something that is less human. That is more savage. That is more, violent by default is it a form of bloodletting but but faithletting like for the warriors oh this is this is just an entirely separate idea from the faith stuff that i was dealing with this is like i i had a bunch of werewolf ideas and i just wanted to spew them all out but i i didn't want to be you know like incoherent but you can bridge them like if the one eats faith and there's a warrior who chooses to take on all of the I don't know like the emotional labor of their group to become the warrior he maybe mm. he's he's leeching their faith and that's what causes him to become like overwhelmingly um, an ideologue. Oh, that's interesting. See, this is why we do this show is because <laughs> we do cool shit like this. All right, cool. Yeah, mm. uh, g- why don't you go into that a little bit more, Daniel? Like, let's let's spitball that idea because I like where that's going. Suppose you have like a um, a culture that they they're frontier people and they need to like break out into the world or conquer their landscape for the sake of their survival, um, but individually like they're not strong enough. So maybe this is like a, an early kind of you know maybe it's like an early American or early European culture, right? Um, and they're against like nature. So maybe in order to create these warriors or werewolves, like everyone kind of bloodlets their aggression and their fear and their like rage into an individual who takes it all on and is transformed by that. And they can only do it like once every whatever cycle because it, it could kill them otherwise. And that warrior can then go out into the world and tame it, you know, for them. That's brilliant. I really like that idea. Yeah. I could also transpose one of the ideas that I have into those. Yeah, uh, just do it. Uh, once again, going back to the fact that I really like the phases of the moon, uh, well, the moon playing a role into werewolves, I wanted it to be that the werewolves were in a permanent state of whatever form they're in, and it corresponded with the phase of the moon that they were either born or bitten under. And it would also decide their caste and society. I was thinking of a more tribalistic uh, uh, wolf pack, as it were. And I had it that the leaders were ones that were born under a day of an eclipse. Or people who were seen as great leaders. Uh, The warriors were full moon. And then everything else was kind of divided into uh, either social jobs or civil jobs. Oh, so it's like their rarity is it depends on the face of the moon. So like the eclipse one is really rare because it happens. So they're in the highest leadership. Correct. Oh. It, this sounds like astrology, but with the dial like turned all the way to 11 and then snapped off. Correct. <laughs> like I even wanted it to be that people born under a new moon were kind of seen as outcast. Oh. And even if they're not guilty of anything, I wanted it to be where it's just like, yeah, we don't trust them. Why? They were born under a new moon. And so people who are from outside that culture are just like, I don't get why they treat these people like shit. They seem normal. Are those Mm. the real werewolves? So in this instance, everyone was a werewolf. Okay, so they'll transform. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I was on the fence about was depending on which phase of the moon or uh, the cycle of the moon, because you can get deeper and deeper into it, it would determine whether or not they were uh full-on uh canine looking a giant uh like dire wolf or a werewolf or even like a i don't know a a small dog Mm. okay so it's like their their level of quote-unquote infection or power is derived from like how rare the phases they come from so like i assume the eclipse leader is like a monster correct Mm mm-hmm 
So yeah, so we're looking at full-on horse-sized dog at that point. <laughs> horse-sized dog. That's yeah. what I want. I want that as my pet. Yeah, but that but no because That's a work animal. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, but no. Well, no, because pe- people think they want large versions of animals, but then when they exist, they're called tigers. And man, <laughs> you 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 don't want to fuck around with tigers. Do I'll you? have you know, I watched a documentary where one man Yep. Took his love of large cats and made it I into a business. I will never recover from this financially. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! All right, all right, all right. Um, what what all right, did so, she used to say in that show? How how's everyone doing? Cool cats uh, and kittens. Kittens. Yeah. Oh god. Hey, cool cats and kittens. There you go. Yep. <laughs> oh god, damn it! We went there. Uh, I'm not. I'm cutting all that. I'm just cutting all. Oh, just episode. keep adding that phrase, Chris, whenever you can. Just at random parts. Which cool cat phrase are you talking about, kitten? <laughs> exactly. Actually, I feel dirty after that. Yeah, we're getting way off topic here. Um, all right, so let's let's loop around back here again, and let's talk about some more interesting things that we can do about werewolves. Uh, I've I've introduced the apostate. We've introduced the the warrior cast. Let's. I, I like the cycles of the moons. I I kind of like the idea that Daniel had, where it's like a sin eater type thing, where you're taking the entire tribes or the entire community's rage and violence and manifesting it physically. Is that? Wait a minute. Isn't that just like your? I, I mean, we were talking about othering previously. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a, just a manifestation of being the outsider? Ooh. I mean, the 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 sin eater, at least in the context we describe, does it deliberately. So it's like becoming a willing outsider. But it seems like in that culture, they're revered. Whereas, say, like um, in, in Chris's, like there's some that have less value because, uh, you know, of, of their infection, like isn't enough. So it could go either way, it seems like. Yeah. So let's make it so you have to be reviled, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like a uh, utopia where, or, or I'm sorry, those who walk away from Omelas where yeah. one person takes on all of it. But in this case, it's like, yeah, this person plays a very important part in society, but you have to hate them. You yeah. cannot, you cannot express sympathy or love or joy to them in some way. So that way we can kind of get in the metaphor of being the outsider while also playing a very vital role within that society, you get like the duality there. And then also the physical manifestation of their violence and society's violence is expressed through being the outsider. Yeah. You mix them. Cause you'll take Chris's casts. Right. And so like, this is a cast of person who the society doesn't like, but they understand their function. Mm-hmm. And obviously no one is born into be wanting to be the outcast of wanting to be the outsider. Right. So it's, Mm -hmm. that's the curse. It's not a physical actual curse, but rather one that's placed there by society. It's a societal pressure. Do, do they, um, when they're not transformed, are they still part of the culture or are they always like pushed out? I think this is the one time, at least in this case, I think it's the one time where people know what you are. Like you're supposed to be an animal. You're supposed to be a beast. So we're going to take all of our vitriol and aim it towards you. And, you know, like that's, that's basically what's going on. So I I think that they want the transformation from you. Like that's their goal, right? Because they want a protector. Hmm. They're a pariah, basically. Yes. So you're hated, but you're also revered at the same time? Yeah. I, I would say that you there is no reverence. It mm. is more like this is a dirty necessity that this is our protector. I mean, right? there's a class thing to say about that, which I think is interesting in that, you know, like there's, there's class strata even in our own society where we don't have any respect for these people, you know, where we mm-hmm. should. Um, but without them, our society can't function. Mm. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. You know, like it's, or, or even, I mean, it's, it, it can also be something akin to homelessness or, mm-hmm. you know, working, 
you know, what, what people now call essential jobs, but before they were just, you know, shit jobs. Right. Right. And, and I think that's kind of an important aspect where you highlight the necessity of this person while also conveying this derision that the upper classes have for them. And we send them out to the front lines to face death, literally, which is yes. what this werewolf does as well. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's even an illusion that you can make or an allegory rather to like veterans, you know, of, of mm-hmm. wars, you know, like maybe you come back from a war and maybe you become this thing because you've already experienced the, the violence and the bloodshed. And so now because you've come back and you're now a veteran, oh uh, th- yeah, there's so many. Yeah, that's it. That yeah. works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you might not choose to become this thing, but once you get back, you're chosen and then you're derided. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. What about infection though? Uh, I mean, violence is inherently is inherently infectious, right? Like violence beget begets violence. Oh, I mean like if we're going to, are we preserving um, the concept in the werewolf that the werewolves bite or the werewolves, uh, like interacting with the werewolf changes you too. So how would we put that into this concept? That's a good point. Well, seeing how they're uh, seen as like filthy or below, I would say the more that you interact, the higher chance you have of being its successor. If it were to die or anything were to happen. Oh, yeah, that works. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, if it's, it, it's essentially a soldier, right. Or, or mm-hmm. a protector. So, of course, the more that you go out with it, the more that you see, the more you lose your humanity, the more likely you are to become what you. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, that's a great point. Great job. Yeah. I mean, you could even take it from a romantic angle, too. Like I could see a story being told where the the keeper of this of this this pariah, like maybe they fall in love with the pariah and that can transform you, too. Hmm. Right. And, and then obviously that person is now shunned mm-hmm. in society because you can't love the pariah because right. that helps heal it. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of metaphor. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of stuff there that we can play with for sure. You could, you could also be uh, seeing how it is a required role. There might be someone that they bring in that they're grooming as the next one. Oh, and oh, geez. I, yeah. imagine like they're not reviled yet because it's not, it's, culturally a taboo to uh be that way to someone who is not in that position so it's kind of like a weird story about this person growing up it just like you'll have to get used to this and it was just like but i don't understand why they're insulting you you're great oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh it, yeah oh yeah uh, th- that especially from an from someone who doesn't understand yet who doesn't get yeah which, so maybe maybe that person is usually a child or young yes they don't totally know yet i could see a really another version of that story where you have the pariah who knows what's going on has accepted its its role in society and knows it can't go back but it's they're always paired with a younger like one to to to, to replace it and so they have they have to go out into the wild with it you know and that's what slowly changes them and it's too uh, late once I- they realize it I'm getting a real um, blood Meridian vibe, you know, like cycle of violence type thing that mm-hmm. or like lone wolf and cub, which is, yeah. or um, you might know it as like road to perdition, you know, where mm-hmm. that person might do it's their best to protect that person from becoming the monster. But just by being in that person's presence, they become, you know, they become more aware of the violence of the natural world. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's enough of my blathering. Uh, Chris, what was your cool werewolf idea? You mean my other cool werewolf idea? Yes. Uh, well, I did the phases of the, the lunar moon one. Yeah. One. What? What? Oh, I'm sorry. Was so your your whole concept was the the caste society based on lunar phases? Correct. I wanted an entire culture based around that. And uh, also like just the, the lunar different kind of uh, celestial lunar bodies and everything would determine every aspect of their culture and who they were uh, physically was the main thing that I was struggling with. Uh, I 
kind of, I'm not sure if you know uh, the Kaiji in uh, Elder Scrolls. Yep. So there was a very big, uh, I think, solar aspect to them where there was like the main leader that was called the main and each person in, in there would have a, a physical body that would be depicted based on when they were born. And it caused a really weird kind of dynamic of where every now and then you would get like two intelligent people and then they would have a child that would end up being the equivalent of a large tiger and it would just be used as a workhorse. Oh, jeez! Yeah. I could, I bet you know what you could do with your your lunar setting there and what you just described. Like, what if you inverted it a little bit? So, like, maybe the society is kind of magical and that everyone is born with a phase, right? And the phase lets them turn into a type of animal. But the eclipse, rather than being the leader, is the one who can't transform, and that's the pariah. Like, he Ooh. has to adopt the animal natures of all the others and then become an even worse monster that they send out into the wild. Hmm. 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 Um, I do like that, but I mean, you wouldn't be able to hide yourself at all. Unlike right. with the uh, the other ones where typically like the transformation is a big, big deal. Uh, what if you had it if it was one that could transform into all of the forms? Oh, that's even weirder. I like that. And maybe from that, you might learn something that even though that those are born differently, they do have their kind of own intelligence and language and then it you if you want to take the social aspect of that it was just like oh wow we're enslaving all of these things that we just treat as animals but they have intelligence yeah so it has this weird plurality to it that freaks them out yeah Ooh, and also that that could be a interesting story because say that you're uh born and people just instantly assume that you you won't be have an intelligence that's above a like a dog you wouldn't be schooled you there would be nothing taught to you you're not going to really display that intelligence yeah and then or, when you're out in the wild and you're paired with that child like they think of you as a creature and it's only because that's how the culture made you yeah well now we're getting into a race allegory with that yeah <laughs> potentially that's one way to read it and well maybe well, there's no, a conspiracy I mean... <laughs> oh no <laughs> well no i mean if you want to if you want to look at, you know, like antebellum self, you know, oh, right. which I think is way too nice of a term to just call like shit heel slavery. The self. Racist self. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, think about it, right? Like pe people saw black folk as nothing but tools and, and essentially like animals to be worked to death. And they didn't mm -hmm. really give them the opportunity to learn. And then, so when you have that inherent racism, you know, like, I, 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 how can you not see the allegory there? Yeah. How can you not draw the comparison? No, it's a good one. Like you can, you can definitely read the creature as not um, the, the unknown salvation of the race, but actually like it's in, and it's the enslaved, like oppressed part of the race, you know, like of this, of the, of mm -hmm. the culture. Yeah. My, my interpretation or my, my, yeah. My interpretation of that would be something like in reality, the phases of the moon mean, almost nothing you know but it's it's more a matter of how society treats them that has the actual power behind it although chris i think that takes away from you want an actual physical manifestation within the phases of the moon as opposed to one that's implied through society correct well yes but you could always make it convoluted and uh, just overly complex where suddenly imagine if it's on a world with has three moons and then uh, just like, Oh, I'm sorry. This moon was actually in retrograde. So uh, that's why your son came out that way. You could have it literally be like, well, I hope I'm not offending anyone, but uh, astrology where it's just like, yeah, we're vague enough that we can just blame it on that. Yeah, but what I mean, what are the moon? I guess that's the question. Would be like, what are the phases of the moon represent? Well, we figured out what some of the other things could represent, but what the mm -hmm. phases seem to be. I mean, from what we've been talking about so far, um, uh, like happen the happenstance of your life. So, like you know, the kind of the lot you've been thrown by fate in a sense, 
um, that ends up stratifying you, um, you know, socially. So like, what else could they represent as the phases themselves? Um, so are you, are you saying what could they represent it? Oh, they, maybe, uh, you could throw in a creation myth of where each moon is actually, uh, either a deity or like a hero of old or okay. someone who it's just like, oh yeah, that guy was, uh, he betrayed his kind. And that's why if you're born under that moon, we, uh, we don't trust you. Oh yeah. I can see that for sure. You know, it's like, oh, this moon is a blessing because, of, or, or maybe the, the moons represent gods. And so the more, you know, whatever, or the, the different phases represent which type of blessing you're going to receive when you're born. Mm. Also, I just realized a fucked up kind of part of this society is women who like are probably going to die in labor, wanting their children to be born under a different phase of the moon. Hold it in until it's the next phase. Cause you don't want your child to be born this. Exactly. Exactly. Or maybe, maybe that scene is like really shameful and like a social taboo or something like that, where you're trying to deny fate in some See, way. I was thinking more, it would be people who go for like inducing birth early. Oh, both. Yeah. Why not both? Yeah. yeah. There's just, there's an episode of the Orville that is exactly that where um, I think they have this arbitrary, like astrological system of birth that determines their cast. Um, and like, so they have this place where the people who are like the worst, um, like the born in the worst time or under the worst star, I forget what it is, like are, are sectioned off in this kind of like, you know, uh, refugee society and nobody wants to be born on a certain in a certain time because of that. Uh, it reminds me of that. The, wow. your, mind is the Orville what? good? Because it sounds like kind of good. The Orville it's, is really, it's, it's not terrible, but it's better than any of the new Star Trek stuff. That's not saying much, Daniel. I mean, I, I was, I gave it a thumbs up because after seeing all the trash that was put out from Star Trek lately, it's like amazing compared to that. I, I, I love the way that you could really hear and feel the venom when you said trash. Like, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, did you see it, Chris? Like, I thought it was a decent take on what Star Trek is supposed to be about. Yes, I feel like it, it has a bit more comedy, but I think mm -hmm. you need that in this day and age. It's yeah. just a, I don't know, a product of its time. But the fact that it has the commentary and the political stuff is what I really felt was lacking from others. Yeah. The only shitty thing about it, I think the shittiest thing about it is the captain. I think is like, a ter he's a terrible character. But otherwise, like, I like the crew and everything. Well, with all that werewolf talk, uh, I think that's going to go ahead. I I think that's just about going to wrap it up for us. Uh, you have been listening to world build with us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have a cool idea that you want to send us and you want us to create an episode about, please send that to world with us at gmail.com, or you can go ahead and send us a DM or an open face tweet on Twitter at let's world build. My name is Rob Hilferty here with Chris Prunty and Daniel Quinn. Remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through it together. <laughs>